Opinions expressed in this episode are personal. They do not necessarily reflect the views of this streaming platform. Good day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Let's Be Diverse. I am your host, Andrew Stout. This episode is dedicated to all my loved ones who have supported me through this journey. Some of the things that companies try to do to improve productivity are looking at culture fits, improving the mindset, encouraging innovation, and support throughout the company. On today's episode, we're going to talk about something that I was instantly interested in when I heard about it the first time. That is peak productivity. To help me navigate through this interesting topic, I invited someone to help me who is interested in this topic and has a great knowledge. Her name is Tamara Miles. Now, Tamara is an accomplished trainer, international speaker, consultant, and researcher. She is passionate about helping leaders bring out the best in themselves and their teams to intentionally create cultures where individuals and organizations thrive. She's the author of the book, The Secret to Peak Productivity, and is translated into multiple languages. She has been featured in Business Insider, USA Today, Boston Globe, and Success Magazine. She is also one of the most sincere, friendly, outgoing, personable, and innovative people you will ever meet. Welcome to the show, Tamara. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. I know we've kind of talked about getting you on an episode, so um, I was thrilled that today came about and we're able to get you on today. Great. Well, let's do it. Yes, absolutely. What's new? How are things going with you in your world? Things are going really well. I mean, this time of the year, um, as a mom of three uh, teenagers, it's exceedingly busy because it's end of year, you know, activities and graduations and proms and all of that. So life is very full in a great way right now. So things are great. (laughs) Fulfilling, fun, and lots going on, and I guess full of excitement for the kids, Exactly. We are all ready for a summer break, I think. (laughs) I think we all are. I think we all need it sometimes, for sure. Well, it's great to hear that you're doing so well. Before we begin, I always start the podcast off with what I call a thought-provoking question. Are you ready for yours? I am. So your question today, Tamara, is would you rather have a time machine or a teleportation device? Oh, uh, I think I would rather have, uh, well, I don't know, those, I mean, having a time machine going back, spending some more time with my loved ones that are no longer here uh, would be really special. You know, I would ask them different questions and really kind of grab the moment and, and remember it. You know, I think we all feel like, oh, I wish I had had one more conversation. I wish I could have asked them one more question. Um, so a time machine to go back and spend more time with loved ones, I think would be really special. Teleportation is the one that, you know, jumped off to me as like the right answer, just because I um, live very far from my family. I'm originally from Brazil, and I live um, in the Boston area now. And so being able to teleport and spend more time there and then come back, I think that would be really special. So I think I'm going to go with that one. 
Mm-hmm. I love what you said about time machine because, yes, I do think about that often, that when you have loved ones that are no longer with us, I always say to people, you know, I wish I could get a phone call from them, supper with them or a barbecue, if I, even if just one more time. So I do agree with you on that. But, yes, the teleportation machine as well, even just to say, okay, I need to teleport to this meeting that's tomorrow and then teleport back, I think it would be, <laughs> it would be great to have. Isn't it interesting, though, like, I was just thinking about this, like, this question makes us think about what do we really value, right? And um, if going back and being able to spend more time with somebody we love and ask one more question or have one more meal, if, you know, if that's really important to us, then I think it helps us inform how we can live better in the present and really savor those moments that we get to spend with the people we love, really be present in them and not distracted, give them the gift of our attention, right? So that, so that then when they're no longer here, when we're no longer here, that we can not have those regrets or, or wish for that time machine again, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you having fun with me tomorrow. You're such a good sport. I enjoy this <coughs> And I agree with you 100%. Sometimes those questions get us thinking a little bit extra. So that's why I enjoy doing them uh, to get things going. So why don't we start off with you telling us a little bit about you and your story? Oh, sure. Um, so I am originally from Brazil. Like I said, my whole family's there. I came here. Um, a couple years into college, I got a scholarship and came, ended up staying, started my career in advertising. Um, and then after having my first child, um, I decided to go off on my own and start consulting. Um, and I started working for some of my previous agencies. And I mean, this was 17 and a half years ago. Um, and my business really evolved since then. I became a productivity consultant. I developed a productivity model called the Peak Productivity Pyramid, um, then wrote a book about it, did a lot of speaking and training, teaching, you know, teaching people this peak productivity system. Um, and then from there, I started really getting curious and wanting to explore, you know, what's beyond productivity, right? Once we, you know, once we are able to set up systems that allow us to focus on the things that really matter, we tend to have extra time. And like, how do we want to spend that time? What really matters? How do we make sure we're spending our time on things that are meaningful? And so I went back to graduate school, got a master's in applied positive psychology, and really focused my research on meaningful work and specifically on leadership behaviors that create meaning at work. And so for the past three or four years, I've been really focusing on that experience, the employee experience at at work and how leaders can create meaning so that everybody can thrive. I love everything that you said there. And I love the different types of things that you decide to get into and study. And I, I always feel that, you know, the more that we learn, the more that we can put out there in the world for sure. Yeah, absolutely. What does peak productivity mean to you? That's a really great question because I think there is a misconception with productivity. I think a lot of people believe that productivity is about getting more things done in less time. And truly productivity, when you're truly productive, it means that we are getting the most important things done, right? And so so peak productivity means that we are moving the needle, making progress on things that truly matter. 
So basically not rushing to when we're doing processes or we're trying to figure stuff out, we get it done in the best the proper way so that it can function well in an organization. Yeah. And making sure that we're doing the right things. You know, I think with this focus on doing more things in less time comes this hustle culture of multitasking, of trying to do two things at the same time, right? And we know there's a lot of research that shows that we can't physically do that. Our brains can't focus um, on two things at the same time. So we end up increasing our stress levels, making mistakes. It ends up costing more time because then we have to redo things. Um, we also end up, you know, not focused on things that really matter. I mean, think about these, the one minute bedtime stories. I mean, do we want to read one minute stories to our kids? Is that where we want to save time? You know, and so it's really being able to align what you do, the things that you're working on to the things that really matter that to the whether it's the organizational goals and values or it's your own personal values and goals and things that matter to you. So as a leader who believes in productivity, what are some of the values that can help to achieve peak productivity? So we think as a leader right now in this post-pandemic kind of world that we're living in when, you know, we're having to unlearn things that we thought were the, the way to go and, and relearn new things and navigate hybrid and cultures. I mean, I think every we're kind of in a learning phase right now, culturally at work. And I think that that it's really important for leaders to be really clear about the outcomes they care about and to work collectively with people on shared values. You know, values meaning the 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 way that we do things how, how the how how are we going to accomplish these big goals and what really matters because i think you know to, microsoft coined this term productivity paranoia right to describe the fact that managers right now are really worried about whether or not their people are being productive and and trying to spy on them and and you know, uh, there's software that tracks uh, how much time you're spending where, and everybody's kind of worried about that. And I think when leaders take a step back and choose to really trust people, but also be really clear about specific goals, about timing, be transparent, be accessible, then we can move from a FaceTime-oriented work environment to a results-oriented work environment where everyone is really clear about what are we trying to achieve? What is my role in this? What are the things I need to do? What happens when I fail? Who can I ask for help? You know, so so it needs to be a culture of growth mindset, of trust, of transparency and clarity. Um, but I think it starts with real clarity from leaders on what are those things that really matter so that we can all make progress on them. Because you know, we we all want to accomplish things. We all want to gain mastery. We want to learn. We want to grow. It's human nature. And it's one of the dimensions of well-being too. Accomplishment leads to higher well-being. And it's a virtuous cycle because when we also, you know, when we accomplish things and, and we achieve goals, we feel better. And when we feel better, we we tend to be more productive, right? And so it's it, it goes hand in hand. 
I love some of the things that you said there. Some of the things that caught my attention was we're in a learning phase. And I really feel that our leaders have had to adapt and learn how to adjust to things and dealing with employees, especially from the pandemic. Employees are looking for a little bit more from their leaders and So they've had to adapt to that as well. So I think being open and being available, uh, you mentioned fail as well. When somebody feels like they've done something and they need to fix it, that these leaders need to be available to, to help when time is needed and not to have a closed door so that they're not approachable for help. Yeah, and I think also for leaders to acknowledge that they are learning too, Right. I mean, there are some places where leaders have the answers and they know. And there are other places where leaders are learning, too. And it's a big experiment. I don't think any company has all the answers when it comes to hybrid work, you know, this transition. I mean, there's a few paradoxes right now where, you know, people want maximum flexibility, but they also are craving connection with their with their work you know, friends and their their teammates and so um, so there's a lot of paradoxes I think that leaders are navigating now that companies are navigating now that individuals are navigating now and in order to have the psychological safety to to iterate and improve I think it's important for leaders to acknowledge that they too are learned right and that they don't have all the answers let's try this give me feedback how did it go what can we do better. And I think not to be afraid to try those things. So I was talking to a leader the other day and uh, what they adopted in their company was that they have employees who are working remote and some that are working in the company and the building. They will send out an email for like a coffee chat, 10 minute coffee chat or break with somebody that's working remotely. So they will, you know, and the two people will chat talk about what's going on how the weekend was so the leaders have found that their performance for employees has greatly increased because of the engagement of the employees and how happy that they are and nice to meet coworkers and and that so they just felt like I said that they were engaged more oh that's great I I I'm hearing a lot of leaders trying different things. I think, you know, people don't want to come into the office to sit on Zooms all day, right? If they're going to sit in Zooms all day, why can't they do it from home? But when they do come into the office, they really want to connect with um, with other people, right? They want to spend time on connection, not on on meetings and Zooms and maybe brainstorms or some activities. And um, and it's even more challenging for companies that have a distributed workforce where some people are hybrid, some people are in person, some people are remote. And a company that I follow um, that was part of my research and I think is doing a really great job is HubSpot. They are very focused on um, on their culture. They manage their culture like they manage their product. And and they share, you know, what they're doing out with the world so we can all learn from them. And and I think they, you know, it's worth checking out what they put out because they're doing a really good job navigating this transition. Mm-hmm. I have to definitely check those guys out for sure. So when you talk to leaders about the importance of peak performance, how do you give them guidance to understand the importance of it? So that's an interesting question because I don't ever have to explain to leaders the importance of peak performance and peak productivity. I think they know that and they want that. I think what I do end up talking more about is the importance of culture 
to drive that, that it's not just each individual's responsibility to be you know, productive and achieve peak productivity and peak performance on their own. Yes, people need to have systems in place, good time management techniques in place. And there's a lot that we can do as individuals to maximize um, the time we spend on things that really matter. So yes, but a huge part of it is the um, the systems, right, that we work in and the, the culture that we work in, um, whether or not it enables us to be productive, to use our time wisely, to have some autonomy and choice and um, to be able to focus and get some hard things done. And so what I end up talking to leaders about is really how can they support productivity in their teammates. And um, and that's part of the reason why I went back to school and have spent the last um, three years doing this research. Um, you know, I'm writing my next book, which is coming out in early 2025. And that book is really going to be completely focused on the leadership behaviors that enable thriving, right? That make people feel connected to the, the purpose of their work. Um, that that build community and and help people connect with each other, um, so they can get hard things done together, um, and also where leaders can enable um, individuals and employees to do like really difficult things. Because when we have somebody who believes in us, who gives us stretch assignments, but also the support to get there, work becomes really meaningful. And so it's these, what we call the three C's of meaningful work. It's um, contribution. So that's knowing how we contribute to the purpose, the impact that we have. Um, Community, and that's about feeling like we belong to a community of shared values, right? Um, Fostering relationships, giving us opportunities to really um, get to know each other and to show up authentically as ourselves. And then the third C is challenge. And it's this idea of having somebody who believes in us, sees our potential, our strengths, and really wants to help us grow. I love everything that you said there. Uh, you mentioned the community in your three C's, and I'm a huge advocate of community. I feel that if you are in a community where you're seen, heard, valued, and understood, then you're going to grow, and that's going to help you to build lots of things, including your brand. So I love that you said that. And then you talked about culture. I feel that's important as well. And I do speak to a lot of people, and they do feel that, culture is something that everybody is learning a little bit more about. Again, especially since the pandemic, I feel like it's something we talked about learning earlier. And I think it's something that people are learning, growing and understanding and adapting to that more and more. Yeah, thank goodness, right? Thank goodness there's more attention to it, I think, because the more we are intentionally building the kind of cultures that enable human thriving, the better off we will all be. You know, there's a lot of evidence that shows that when um, when people find that their work is meaningful, when they work in a culture that supports um, their well-being, that supports them to be productive, all the outcomes that leaders care about, like engagement, like productivity, sales, like all those outcomes kind of flow from that, from that culture of meaning, of purpose, of well-being. So tomorrow, what are some of the pitfalls you have seen when it comes to organizations implementing peak performance? 
You know, I think it's it's what I was just talking about. It's I think one of the biggest pitfalls is a singular view when um, all the onus is placed on the individual to be more productive. And um, I think the companies and the leaders who do it best are the ones who take a uh, a both and approach, who help you know give individuals the skills that they need but also take a systems-wide approach to enabling the individual to achieve peak performance, to achieve peak productivity. And so I think one of the biggest pitfalls is having a singular approach um, and, and putting the burden on individuals, right? And individuals are starting to push back. People are burning out and they want systems that support them. Absolutely, for sure. Tamara, if you could choose one word to describe yourself, what word would that be? Hmm. Um, you know, people say and have said my whole life since I was young that I'm very caring. And so I think maybe caring is a word that I hear often used to describe me. And I would I would love to believe that that's true because I, I do care and I am caring. And so I'm going to go with that. I definitely would agree with that. I have been fortunate enough to have some interactions and text messages and phone conversations with you and if I was going to think of one word that would probably be the word that I would think of you as well is caring. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Any final thoughts today? You know I would say final thoughts for any leaders who are listening is to really think about your role in making and shaping the the employee experience. You know my research um, you know that I've been doing with with some incredible partners um, is the first one to look at the impact of leadership behaviors on the employee experience of meaning specifically. And we found that almost half of an individual's uh, sense of meaningful work comes directly from what leaders do or don't do. And so leaders have a huge impact. And I would urge every leader to take a moment and think of what impact do you want to have? How do you want to shape that experience? How do you want to create environments where people can come to work feeling like they really matter and like what they do really matters? Um, and so that would be my final thought is, is to urge leaders to intentionally shape those environments. I love those words. Would you say that communication would be key to all of that, Tamara? Communication is one aspect of it for sure. So communicating um, the impact is is really important, right? It's not enough for people to read um, the, a purpose statement or even to work, let's say, in a social impact organization that is uh, purpose-driven um, is wonderful, but it's not enough to experience meaning. It's when you know your role in that purpose. So what contribution are you making? How does what you do matter every day? That's when it becomes really meaningful. And so communicating, telling the stories of impact, that's one way to do it and to do it really well. But also, um, it's really important to act with integrity and be a role model. That's, you know, our research found that's one of the easiest ways to to destroy meaning is to not act with integrity, to say one thing, but do another, to say you value honesty, but then, you know, not act in a way that fosters honesty or not to be honest and transparent. That, it, that kills meaning. Um, people become really cynical and it's hard to recover. 
So yes, communicating really important, but also caring, getting to know people, asking about what's going on in their lives, you know, uh, showing them that they matter and and acting with integrity. I mean, there's so so much leaders can do, but communicating, caring, getting to know people, seeing their strengths, appreciation, recognition, these are all simple practices, right? And they're they're simple, but they're not easy. They're not easy. And so it's just, it takes a lot of intention. I agree with you 100% that if you showed a little bit of caring to an individual as a leader, so if you show them that you're interested in them and what they like, what their interests are, what they like to do outside of work, and what motivates them, what gets them kickstarted on getting things done, I think will astronomically help out in any organization. I know for myself, if somebody was to be like that with me, I would pretty much do pretty much anything for them. So Exactly. I mean, we've seen so many examples in our research of, you know, a leader who cared, who saw their strengths and, and saw somebody's potential and believed in them and then gave them something challenging to do. Uh, and, and you know, the, the people that are telling these stories are like, you know, I I didn't think I could do it, but they believed in me so much that I, I wanted to prove them right. Like, I want, you know, and, and it's so true what you just said. Like, when somebody sees us, cares about us, we we want to give our, our all. We want to do well for them, you know, with them, for sure. Tamara, I just want to say that I really enjoyed our conversation today. I think you are truly an, an inspirational lady and a wonderful person to boot. So thank you for sharing your inspiration with us today and for joining us on this episode. Thank you, Andrew. I really uh, loved our conversation. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. And thank you so much for joining us today. On behalf of myself and my guest, Tamara, I'd like to thank you all for listening. And until next time, be safe. And remember, if we all work together, we can accomplish anything. You have been listening to Let's Be Diverse with Andrew Stout. To stay up to date with future content, hit subscribe.